The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Happy days, happy days. Good to be here, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As one of my (laughs) old uh, friends, you say, yes, sir. Hey, thank you very much, folks. You all are the best. You push my new book, Spygate. The sabotage of Donald Trump, the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump, down to the top 20 on Amazon. Think about that. Out of millions of books, it's available for pre-order now. You all pushed it to, I think we were as low as 14, which is absolutely incredible. Thank you all. Love you to death. That was some serious man and woman. You all are terrific. Thank you. Thanks for all the emails. People email me about you buying the book. It's available for pre-order now, so go pick it up. Um... Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, a lot to talk about today. I saw a one of the best lines I've ever seen in the Wall Street Journal today. I, I, I uh, took a screenshot of it about the new rules, a description of the rules. I want to get to that and some developments in the uh, Bob Mueller probe, which are just really interesting. And I think I may have, Joe, a, a lead on what, in fact, they're hiding in the redactions. It's all starting to make sense. Mm. I got a... Uh, tidbit of info yesterday that I thought was really interesting. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. Here we go. All right. So we'll get to that in a second. Today's show brought to you by our buddies equipped. This is the best, uh, best toothbrush around. I just got my refill, changed out the battery, which can't be any easier. You just take it out, slide out the motor, put the battery in, bang, zoom, took about five seconds, just changed the brush head as well. This is like a uh, power washing for your mouth. Your mouth will never feel more pristine than it does when using the equipped toothbrush. When it comes to your health, We all know brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that too. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of the bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. Those older ones, they look like uh, Caterpillar tractors, all right? And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides. It's pretty cool. There's no guesswork at all in this, making brushing the right amount of time effortless. All my family's using this now, Quip. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or on your or in your carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5. That's it. That's it, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. You're going to love this thing. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to GetQuip, that's Q-U-I-P, GetQuip.com slash Dan right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's right. First refill pack free at GetQuip.com slash Dan, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Dan, GetQuip.com slash Dan. Go check it out. Cool, cool beans, this thing. Love it. Okay. Um, first, on the new rules. You know, we had we did the show mm-hmm. that went nuclear there, there. Donald Trump, new rules. Here's the new rules, folks. Don't care. How about that? How about that? <laughs> How about that, Mel Allen? We don't care. New rules. Don't care anymore. We're not interested in Donald Trump's pre- his social life pre-presidency. You guys wanted to make everything the left that is a, 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 a ideological life or death struggle. Zero sum. We win, you lose. Now we're turning the rules on you. We don't care anymore. We want our conservative judges. We want our tax cuts. We want a growing economy. We want school choice. We want to save the lives of infants in the womb. We want government out of our lives on the regulatory front. We don't care anymore about who Donald Trump dated before he got into office or anything else. Don't care. Yeah. I did a whole show on this. The new rules are now in effect. You tell your liberal friends when they when they mention what well, Donald Trump, you never know. Look what he did here. Look what he did there. He dated this person. He supposedly had some kind of a intimate relationship with this person. Okay, great. Don't care. Okay. Uh, I, you continue to you're arguing with yourself. Yeah. Stand in front of a mirror and say the same thing. You'll get the exact same effect because nobody cares. You made this a zero sum fight. And I want to be specific about what I mean, because because I know media types, liberal, coastal, elitist, bubble media types are astounded. I can't can't understand. I can't understand, Joe, how conservatives, they could vote for a guy with such uh, an interesting social life before he became president. 
who may have had all these uh, rendezvous with questionable people uh, when, with his personal relationships. How, how can they support this guy? Because he's a warrior. And for the first time in a long time, we have a guy who's not apologizing for fighting for life in the womb, for economic freedom, for defending the Constitution, for getting judges on the courts that are going to defend the Constitution. And you're the ones, you're the ones on the left that when you won, decided it to be about taking our money, taking our freedom, taking our rights to firearms away, taking away the, the very defense of life in the womb. You're the ones that did this. Don't be surprised because you made it zero sum. You put everything on the line in each election, and now this is what you know. You, you, this is what you've, uh, this is what it's led to. So there's a great line in the Wall Street Journal today about this. It's from a guy named uh, Alex Castellanos at Real Clear Politics. Joe, you're going to love this. This is this is great. Cool. This is a quote from him. <laughs> this is really really good. I rarely read these things because there's a lot of them, but this is just terrific. And I quote. Trump supporters elected an apex predator, (laughs) a T-Rex, to eat the smaller, slimier pillagers who were devouring them. These voters are not shocked when the T-Rex acts like a T-Rex and on occasion mates with an inappropriate object or, oops, possibly by mistake, eats grandma. Instead, they say, I love grandma. I'll miss her. But this is what we need to fight the Washington Raptors, those best. You figure out the rest. Bastones, I don't want it to yes. Bastones, yeah. yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it goes on. Nothing has changed in Washington since Donald Trump was elected. The DC establishment and the creaky old political parties and legacy media have not learned anything from the beating this outsider gave them. Right. As long as they hold enormous power, Trump voters will continue to cheer the bull in the Washington China shop as he breaks up their cute little displays. Yeah, yeah. how about that? Your dar- is that not the best summation of the Donald Trump new rules you've ever heard? You elected a damn T-Rex. Oh, He's yeah. chewing up all the raptors, all the pillagers, all the slime balls. Ah, once in a while, grandma gets scooped up in there. Oh, sorry, we ate grandma too. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen. If the left hadn't engaged in a life or death electoral combat every single election, where every election, when they won, they couldn't handle things like John F. Kennedy. Yeah, let's look at some tax cuts. Let's look at some, you know, let's look at maybe a, you know, moderate approach to government. No, every election then was about taking your health care, was about taking your money, was about advancing the ball on government regulations. So the power of yes, um, was gone that government was telling you no all the time and you had to lobby them government influence over the economy they did this so we elected a t-rex to fight back and that's exactly what he's doing and it's driving these people crazy and it just wasn't beating the competition for them it was destroying the competition yeah. joe yes Wrecking and their we lives. said this on a show we did i don't know six months ago i always get the dates wrong so yeah. people go well, what was that show and the answer is i have no idea we have 775 shows now we're gonna have to hire someone full-time <laughs> to, to start to link to old shows but there was a show i did one time where i said you and joe i'm glad you brought this up mm. we did not plan this i think i did it when i was actually running for office it wasn't enough on the social issues for the left to win in other words, they got it. Listen, it's it happened. They got a Supreme Court victory yeah. on uh, gay marriage, a significant Supreme Court victory. But it wasn't enough to win. Instead of winning, then they had to punish bakers who didn't want to make cakes yes. and florists who didn't want to participate in these in these in these uh, gay weddings. They did not. They had to punish them. So, Joe, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And it's, believe me, it's not just that issue. Hmm. On the tax issue, if you didn't, you know, if you were a CEO and you didn't speak out for income inequality, your corporation be punished too. If you didn't defend Obamacare, they come after you too. Mm-hmm. It's Joe's right. It's not just that they won; it's that they had to punish their enemies. Obama even said it. Yes, at one point where he alluded to punishing his enemies. You just had Bob Menendez. This guy who was charged with significant corruption and then got off on the trial at his... You'd think after he was done, Democrat liberal Bob Menendez in New Jersey, one of the worst senators in the country, 
gets off at the trial, Joe. Mm. And what does he say? After he get the guy has been charged, was charged with some heavy duty allegations of corruption. He gets off instead of being gracious. He goes out there and goes, some of you people were seeking to take my seat. I know who you are. I remember. <laughs> like, really, dude? <laughs> really? Maybe just walk away. May, you were charged with some really serious, dirty stuff. Maybe dial back the rhetoric a little bit. They can't. The Democrats are all about weaponizing government to punish their enemies. That's their thing. That's their MO. That's what they're all about. So why are you surprised that we elected the T-Rex? We elected the T-Rex to eat up the raptors. Why are you surprised by this? None of this is surprising to anyone outside of the coastal elites. Nope. But it's astonishing to the inside baseball crowd because they don't know us. It reminds me of that. I read that piece. I refer to it often. I think Jonah Goldberg wrote it in town hall. Some people send it to me once in a while, but it was a really good piece. And the piece was about how uh, the, the way you, you win a bipartisan consensus where you can get a good group of people on either side of a political divide to agree on an issue is to try to understand them first. Right. And he talks about he gives a great example. So the point I'm trying to make here is they still have no comprehension whatsoever of why Trump was elected, why Trump is winning, and why conservatives and Republicans are supporting Trump at record rates right now. The reason is they make no effort, the coastal elites and the media, to understand this. And Jonah Goldberg gave this example about smoking, the war on smoking, mm. how people knew a smoker. Most, you did, Joe, right? Everybody, yeah. my mother smoked. Everybody I knew, knew a smoker. smokers, yeah. And, you know, the younger generation, thankfully, a lot, most people don't smoke anymore. When Joe and I grew up, almost everybody smoked yeah. or had at least had some experience with smoking. Almost nobody does now. Right. I'm always shocked when I see people smoking. Back in the day, it was astonishing to see people not smoking. Yeah. I remember uh, Marlboro Man ads, you know? Remember those? The Marlboro guy oh, with yeah. the cowboy hat? I remember the old man smoking in the car and rolling up the windows. Rolling yeah. up the window, right. It was like a, a gas chamber yes, in the car. Was. Nobody, I mean, everybody, nobody thought anything of it. Exactly. I mean, secondhand smoke was not even a big deal until the stuff. Oh, my. Secondhand smoke. No one thought that was a big deal. Yeah. And then, of course, the studies came out and they were like, hey, this stuff is really bad. <laughs> the point Goldberg makes, though, is people knew a smoker. Joe knew him. I knew him. And to get them to stop smoking, people understood how to talk to them. Why? Because they knew them. They knew things that would ring their bells. They knew things that would be sensitive to them. They knew things that would matter. And they cared about these people. You know, in, in one case, it was my mother. My, all my aunts smoked. They all stopped smoking, too. And we knew them. He, he, makes, he draws a correlation between that and the gun debate. How liberal coastal elites, and I'm just going to take it one step further, the Trump thing. How liberals and coastal elites make no effort at all to understand firearm owners. None. None. You guys are a bunch of backwards, bunch of rednecks, hayseeds, stupid, ignorant, you you know, no teeth. No. Oh, oh, by the way, this is this is a classic. You, you think I'm making this up, by the way? How these imbeciles make no effort whatsoever to understanding us? Here's the Mark Caputo, the famous Mark Caputo. For, for those of you who remember me and my my uh, interaction with this goon yeah. from the media, this this loser writes for Politico, one of the biggest losers. This guy is hated in Florida. The funny thing is he thinks he's loved. I hate even bringing this guy's <laughs> name up because he really, he almost, he bathes in his own stupidity. He tweets out last night. Again, an example of, I did not even intend to bring this up. This just happened before I got on the air. I swear, I'm not just like looking for an excuse to talk about this loser, right? Mm -hmm. To show you how they make no effort at all to 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 understand comprehend the motivations of trump people he tweets out last night about the tampa rally in florida uh for trump and ron DeSantis, who's running for governor down here this is not a joke joe he tweets out if you put everyone's mouths together in this video you'd get a full set of teeth are you like a crazy person <laughs> yes you are you we haven't heard that one in a while you think he and he loves it this guy, I, I, I know this guy. I know the loser this guy is. This guy loves it. He thinks that he thinks he's doing himself a huge service right now. He, he I, I'm telling you, he is convinced in Florida politics. He is this this patriarch of this serious journalistic. The guy only has a job because of his dad. His dad was actually a, a credible figure in journalism. He's not. But when you talk <laughs> to people off the record, they can't stand them. But he's a perfect example. 
These guys have no teeth. No teeth. Really? Yeah. They have no teeth. You know that? You've interviewed them all. Are you a dentist? Have you checked their dental records? This is what they do. And this is why the new rules are in effect. Because we know who we're fighting. We're fighting liberals who've seen this as zero sum, who see every single election as an opportunity to take away our liberty, our money, our kids' education, freedom, our health care. Uh, we see it as a battle against media elitists like this snob I just quoted. And all of these other jerks out there in the media who've lied to us forever, we're the arbiters of what's true. Well, maybe try telling us the truth and maybe we'd believe that. New rules, folks. New rules. Okay. So I've been on this for a couple of days now. I've been fascinated and enthralled by why Devin Nunes. California Republican congressman who has been all over the Spygate scandal, why he continues to push for the FISA application, the warrant uh, application to spy on Carter Page and in effect by the two hop rule, the Trump team. Remember what the two hop rule is, by the way. Someone uh, emailed me the other day and said, Dan, you got to explain that again. The two hop rule is this. This is why the FISA application and the warrant on Carter Page was critical to spy on Carter Page. Carter Page was, now not at the time of the issuance of the FISA warrant to spy on him, but was at one point a member of the Trump foreign policy team. He was a low-level guy, but nobody disputes that he was a member of that team, and I'm not either. The reason the warrant on him was significant, ladies and gentlemen, is because when you use a FISA warrant, they can do what's called two hops, meaning... If I want to spy on Donald Trump and Joe is a whatever technical advisor on the Trump team and I get a FISA warrant to spy on Joe, I can hop from Joe's emails to one other person from that person. Let's say Joe emails, whatever, Eric Trump or Ivanka. I can hop from their emails to the next person. Now, do you think there's a pretty good chance Eric Trump or Ivanka had emailed their dad or talked to their dad? We're talking about their communications here to spy on them. Pretty much all of them. Of course. Yeah. So now we get Donald Trump, too. That's why, because people say, oh, I don't get it. Well, Carter Page wasn't even a member of the Trump team. Ladies and gentlemen, he was. At, they're looking at the Trump team. They needed an in. Carter Page was a convenient fall guy because the FBI already had experience with him as an informant for them in a prior case. You already know most of this. Mm -hmm. He was the in. They needed a key to open the door into the Trump campaign. And through the two hop rule, they got it. They got it in Carter Page. Now, what's become a significant issue, which I've been covering over the last few days, is the media story was, oh, my gosh, you know, all the good information about Carter Page. Because remember, the, the unredacted information we saw in the FISA application was the dossier, right. which is devastating because it pointed to the fact that the FBI spied on a member of a former member of the Trump team, had to hop access into the Trump team and spied on them based on a, a dossier that was political information from the Clinton campaign. That's devastating information. For the first few days, the libs and their media buddies were like, no, 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 no. It's the blacked out portions that are going to describe why they really, really spied on Carter Page. And don't worry, that's going to rescue the reputation of DOJ and the FBI. Now, that story has stopped completely, as you well know at this point from listening to the show, because Devin Nunes came out and said, OK, OK, I got it. How about we unredact that stuff, too? Oh, now that's what the Democrats are like. No, no, no. Let's not shift. Hey, Adam Schiff, our buddy Shifty, all of a sudden, dead quiet on this. Qu silent. No, no, we don't want the unredactions. And I, I only set it up that way, not to be repetitive, but to tell you, I think I figured a lot of it out. I'm reasonably confident I've got it. So, folks, this is good. I'm trying to figure out a way to sum this up to make it digestible for you. I believe in the redacted information. The FBI is hiding it in the DOJ because it is going to expose CIA operations in the United Kingdom that we should not have been conducting. Yes. Yes, Joseph. Joseph's giving me a gesture here. I, I'm I'm reasonably confident based on some information that I think uh, and I don't want I want to be clear. This was open source stuff. It's just I just read something yesterday and I thought now it makes sense. It doesn't seem that far afield. No. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, this is where it gets really, really kooky. OK, mm -hmm. 
So we know, folks, to backtrack a little bit, just to be clear about what we're talking about, the blacked out information in the warrant to spy on the Trump team was clearly a warrant to spy on the Trump team, even though Carter Page is the target because of the two hop rule. You hop from Page to someone else right into the Trump team and you vacuum and hoover up all of their communications. So let's not pretend otherwise this was a warrant on the Trump team. Why are they blocking out information on the Trump team? Folks, we have gentlemen's agreements with the Five Eyes countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, um, United States and the United Kingdom, the fire insur- our, our friendly uh, intelligence, excuse me, intelligence partners, that gentlemen agreements that we're not going to conduct intelligence operations on their soil. At least without cooperation with them and their permission, right? But we're not going to conduct those operations on their soil. Folks, did you happen to notice, if you were a regular listener to the show, that just about every significant pre-July 31st, when uh, the Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the operation that the FBI case against the Trump team started, Crossfire Hurricane, July 31st, did you happen to notice, if you're a listener to the show, that just about every significant tidbit of information we have about the genesis of the case, paragraph one, is pre-July 31st? Not only is it pre-July 31st, most of it happens in the United Kingdom. A Five Eyes partner. Ladies and gentlemen, are we hiding CIA ops in the United Kingdom that we shouldn't have been conducting? Is this going to be a major black eye on our intelligence community? running CIA ops in a foreign country to entrap a political candidate in the United States. It explains a whole lot. Yeah. Let's go down the list of things it explains. It explains hack John Brennan, the former CIA director, clown, clown boy. He's not even a man. This guy accusing the president of treason. Clown boy Brennan explains his psychopathic response to Donald Trump at every opportunity. He's treasonous. Is he really? Brennan accusing the president of the United States of treason. It explains the redactions. It explains the panic on behalf of the intelligence community. It also explains why Donald Trump is probably saying to himself, you know what? I'm not getting involved in this. I know it's bad. Let them stew. Let the, the Bob Mueller stew. But I, they got nothing on me. This is more of a reflection on them. Let the IC community figure it out on their own. Folks, think about how devastating this could be, what we're talking about here. We have these arrangements with our intelligence partners, these Five Eyes people, that we're not going to run ops on their soil. Now, think about the operations that did occur over there. The meeting with Alexander Downer and George Papadopoulos, another low-level Trump advisor, right? Where did that happen? Oh, the United Kingdom. Hmm. Downer, an Australian diplomat, by the way, not a uh, United Kingdom diplomat, where it's alleged that he told Downer, Papadopoulos, that is, was connected to the Trump team, where he is alleged to have told Downer, Oh, you know, someone told me they had dirt on Hillary, which is, by the way, it, it ridiculous and almost entirely insignificant development that was turned into that was turned into crossfire hurricane. But that happened in the United Kingdom. Hmm. What else? April 26th. So remember, we're not at you. May, Joe, uh, May, let me just say, uh, I need to fact check the show. May, the meeting with Downer. May, if we're talking about 2016. Yeah. The meeting with Downer in May. Is May before or after July? Uh, that would be before, Dan. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, Joe is the resident ombudsman for the show. So just to be clear on this, ladies and gentlemen, this is starting to make sense now. The FBI investigation doesn't start until July 31st. The meeting between Downer and Papadopoulos in the United Kingdom is in May. Who was running that op? Even better. Who starts to communicate 
Who starts to communicate with Carter Page before July 31st? Seeking him out, trying to cultivate him. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I had a, a Southern friend. I love this guy to death. He's the greatest. But that was his line to everyone. I, I worked with him in the Secret Service Training Center. This guy was a cool cat, but that was his intro to everyone. Hey, buddy. It was my, you know what? Clinton used to do that too. Yeah. Remember I was telling you about Clinton? It's the longest hey, buddy ever. Hey, buddy. So we have Stefan Halper, the informant, we'll call him a spy on this show, who reaches out to Carter Page before July 31st. How does this relate to the 30,000 foot question? Are they, remember the, Joe, are you clear on the question we're asking? Mm-hmm. Are they hiding Hide. CIA ops in the United Kingdom? 10 4. The pre-July 31st meeting between Papadopoulos and Downer, pre-July 31st, occurs in the United Kingdom, but the FBI case isn't open yet. Wow! How about that? Secondly, the informant spy that reaches out to Carter Page in what appears to be an effort to cultivate him is a central intelligence agency asset. He's not an FBI spy, folks. This guy is a CIA asset, according to multiple reports out there. He's not an FBI asset. Was the CIA running ops against this guy? What did the what did the United Kingdom know about this show? Were they involved? Now, again, I I'm, I'm, forgive me. I'm really not trying to. But if you read my book, it'll all make sense. Why the United Kingdom may have had an interest in this, it'll all make sense. But for the purpose of this, the question we're asking right now is, was the CIA running an op? The motivation, I'll cover at a later date. But was the CIA running spy ops in the United Kingdom? So point number one, the downer meeting. That's before the FBI case opens. How do we know about that? Secondly, a CIA asset, according to multiple reports, Halper is contacting people in the Trump team before the FBI case is open. Here's where it gets really, really, really amazing. Oh, it gets worse. Yes, unfortunately, it does. So, oh. April 26th, Joe, April is before July 31st, correct? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yes, thank you. April 26th, a meeting happens again in the United Kingdom. Wow, this keeps creeping up, but we're not supposed to talk about this. They're our friends. We're going to burn sources. Really? You tried to burn a political campaign using fake information. I think we're good as free American citizens. I think we're good here. We're morally on the right side of the arc of history in exposing this debacle. So please spare us the nonsense. Thank you very much. On April 26th, There is a meeting, again, between a Maltese professor named Joseph Mifsud and Papadopoulos, again. Now, I read it in reverse for a reason. Papadopoulos later, later in May, meets with Alexander Downer, again, in the United Kingdom, this low-level Trump advisor, and he mentions what happened in this April 26th meeting. He says, hey, I was told by some guy about dirt on Hillary Clinton. I've said to you repeatedly, they tried to pull that information out of Papadopoulos, I believe using spies, because they wanted to make it seem that the Trump team was colluding. Look, a Trump team guy says they have dirt on Hillary. Oh, we got him. The poll is a significant question, but it's not the question, because the poll would mean, Joe, that a government asset was basically setting them up, was contacting Joe Armacost mm-hmm. saying, Joe, give me information. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? That's a significant question. Mm-hmm. The more critical, the, the most critical, I should say, question here is the push. It's the push that matters. Who pushed the information in? Because pulling information out of a potential criminal syndicate is not a crime, folks. 
If Joe has information about a pending bank robbery and I, as a police officer, want to want an employee and informant to go get it from Joe, that's called good police work. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. not a, I'm not alleging that if Halper really thought they were pulling apart a Russian collusion scheme and he was working for the CIA to get it, that he did anything wrong. That's why I'm telling you that the fact that they use government informants is bad in this case because there was no collusion, but it's not the real scandal. This explains the redactions. I believe the real scandal is the April 26th, pre-July 31st, pre-opening of the FBI investigation interaction between Mifsud and Papadopoulos, where Mifsud tells Papadopoulos, allegedly here, that the Russians have dirt on Hillary. That's the same information they try to pull out later. Now, remember, if Joe's actually intending to rob a bank and I employ an informant, that's good police work. Mm -hmm. If I, as a police officer, give Joe fake information about robbing a bank, which he then passes off to an informant I hired to pull the information from him, and then I indict Joe for conspiracy to rob a bank, it's not Joe's in trouble, it's the police officers when they get caught for framing Joe. Folks, please tell me you understand this. I, if you don't, email us today because this, if you don't, this is critical. This is the case. This is absolutely what they've been hiding. Now, I've been on this forever, but I got a little tidbit of info yesterday. I thought, that's it. Like, now it makes sense. This is the whole thing. The unredacted information, I can almost guarantee you, includes some informant information and may, in fact, include some information about this push. What if Mifsud, whose own friends, by the way, Mifsud, people who know him, what if this guy's information about dirt on Hillary did not come from Mifsud, but came from a government asset looking to set up, up George Papadopoulos? Folks, is that what's in those un- the unredacted information? Was the CIA op in the United Kingdom all initiated with this April 26th meeting? Hey, tell Papadopoulos the Russians have dirt. Let's see what he does with it. You, you read the book, it'll all make sense. This is the setup. This was the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump. That's why we titled it that. It seems clear as day. Folks, the facts are on our side. Mifsud's own friends, the Maltese professor who pushes the information into the Trump orbit that they pull out later, is or says they, they're his own friends have said that it, Mifsud's connections are to Western intelligence assets. Western intelligence assets, not Russian ones. Mifsud has connections, significant connections. To United Kingdom intelligence operators. You think I'm messing with you? Google his name. Look at some of the images that come up. Joseph Mifsud, the Maltese professor. Look at the images that creep up. Look at the pictures he's taken with United Kingdom significant players. Is the CIA hiding an op over there? Hiding a political operation? You understand how this would, the, 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 the monsoon this would bring ashore? Does it now make sense why John Brennan is in an absolute panic? Does it make sense now why Trump may be looking to pull his security clearance now after he's probably been caught in a leak trap? Folks, I, I worked around Brennan for a long time and I don't like to share a lot of these stories, but I can tell you the guy is a egomaniac. He is not liked in the intelligence community. He was never liked. He's widely viewed as a political, not an intelligence player. He is an egomaniac. John Brennan is about exclusively politics and John Brennan. John Brennan thought he was going to be a big player in the new Clinton presidency. He lost. He now realizes his secrets are going to be exposed. And folks, here's the real question here. If in fact there was a CIA op in the United Kingdom and information about it is in that redacted information on the FISA warrant. Did John Brennan approve it? Did he approve it personally? What's the paper trail look like? Folks, this guy's in a world of trouble. Now it makes sense why Shifty 
Shifty! Wow, buddy, Shifty doesn't want this stuff out there. And Nunes does. And the story's completely died down. No, the information, the real damning information's in the unredactions. Okay, let's see that. No, let's not. How about that? Folks, these guys are in a world of trouble. A world of trouble. You know, listen, because I feel bad about it. I'm going to, I'll cue you into some of the book. I do. I feel bad. I hate teasing stuff. It's just, I have co-authors and, you know, it's, they did a lot of research, but I'll give you a little hint into it. It'll probably make sense, but it's in detail in the book. Remember, we're asking the question here. Was the CIA hiding an operation in the United Kingdom? All right. Did the United Kingdom intelligence community and players in it know what was going on? And if they did, why take on such extreme liability to take down Donald Trump? Why? Folks, what if I told you that there's, there were a, a number of public statements made by big players in the both political and intelligence space in the United Kingdom that tell the whole story if you just bothered to read them. People miss this. This is not, I'm telling you, this is not in any other book. A matter of fact, I missed it. My co-author, Denise, found it. She's like, it was sitting in front of us the whole time. And it was so obvious, it was like everybody just bypassed it. What if I told you that the United Kingdom's interest in injecting themselves into this had a lot to do with potential changes and alterations in their intelligence relationship with the United States based on a platform Donald Trump had laid out during his campaign? Follow what I'm saying here, Joe. If this doesn't make sense, please stop. Donald Trump had made statements on the campaign trail. Those statements about policies, whether it was immigration policy, Mm -hmm. whether it was enhanced interrogation, some of those policies, and we lay this out in great detail, would have had a significant impact on the mechanics of our relationship with Five Eyes players, the United Kingdom being one of them. That relationship is not just intelligence. It's also money. You tracking? Yeah. We're going to put... You you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got We're going to give you some money to do this, and mm-hmm. you're blah, 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 blah. We are the wealthiest country in the world by far. This was going to have a real impact. There was a tangible fear that this would alter the mechanics of our relationship because there are certain things we can do that they can't in the United Kingdom. Most of you are probably picking up what I'm putting down, but out of respect for my co-author, I got to leave the fine details, but I'm telling you the chapter is going to blow your mind. And when you read it, you're going to be like, oh, now it makes sense why they went to a certain member of the United States Senate and tried to get him involved too. Mm. (laughs) Yeah investigative journalism. I'm telling you, I brought on the right people for this book. All right, uh, I'm running a little behind here. Sorry. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition. Field of Greens, one of the best products out there. I love it. Miles just sent me a new container of it yesterday. What is Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition? Folks, it is ground up real food. Real food? You say, what, like hot dogs and hamburgers? No, it's not ground up hot dogs. It is ground up fresh Fresh fruits and vegetables packed with the micronutrients your body needs for a healthier brain, a healthier body, a healthier immune system. Folks, I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you know a doctor, nutritionist, or anybody out there who would seriously make the case to you, nah, you don't need those fruits and vegetables? No, because you would leave immediately. Everybody knows fruits and vegetables and the micronutrients in there packed dense with these life-giving enhancing materials. Everyone knows this is the key to a long, healthy life, but we don't have time. It's tough. You got to cook them. You got to buy them. It's, I get it. I totally get it. You, I have the, the distinct honor, thanks to you, of being able to work out of my house. I didn't always. It's a pain. You get home at night. You're busy. You know, sometimes you don't have time to make all the fruits and vegetables. Well, fruits you wouldn't make, but the vegetables. Don't worry. Brickhouse Nutrition's got you covered. You take a scoop of it. You throw it in some orange juice. Throw it in some green tea. Throw it in some V8. Throw it in some water. You're good. 
It is packed full of the finest fruits and vegetables ground up. It's real food. This is an extract. This isn't some extract garbage. It's not some dopey pill. Take this pill. You'll last forever. No, let's not. That's not the way it works. This is ground up real foods, uh, real fruits and vegetables. You're going to love this stuff. It's called Field of Greens. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go pick up a container. Check it out. Try it. Uh, give it a week. Check it out. You'll love it. It's absolutely terrific. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, that's really important. That I, I think that's really what's going on, Joe, that there this CIA operation that was being run before the FBI operation was open, the two key takeaways are, was there a CIA op in the United Kingdom in violation of our handshake agreement with them, or, or did they know about it? Which is, I think, even worse. Now they're working with the United Kingdom? Dude, if the listeners are like me, I, I, I didn't see this one coming. No, I, I you know, it's, I... You know? Yesterday, someone cued me into something, mm. and they were like, you've been on this the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're just not making the connection. I was like, yes, we've been talking about the push. The real, the, yeah. if you've been listening to the show, the Joseph Mifsud meeting with uh, with uh, George Papadopoulos, if that information huh. from Mifsud, who is alleged to have been a Russian agent, was in fact information provided by Western intelligence assets, we have the scandal of the century. Now- I admit not making the connections to the redactions in the document. That's on me. I've just been so overwhelmed with the book and everything coming out. But folks, another suspicious thing about Mifsud here. Mifsud was interviewed by the FBI in February, February of 2017. Mifsud has not been seen or heard from again. Now, I'm, I'm not alleging he's, he's, don't get kooky here. I'm not saying he's dead. He's, the Martians took him. I don't do conspiracy theories. I only do things I can prove. And I can prove that he hasn't been seen or heard from since. Now, people, his friends have come out with statements, including saying, hey, this guy was a Western intelligence asset, not a Russian asset. But folks, if the FBI interviewed this guy in February and he is supposedly a Russian asset that's told a Trump person that they have dirt on Hillary, and that is the entire bedrock of your case. Do you understand, folks? Their entire case is based on the fact that the Russians tried to get information to the Trump team that they had dirt on Hillary. What if the information didn't come from the Russians? What if it came from us and our boys? Is that what they're hiding? Is that what Nunes, uh, Nunes is talking about when he told Maria Bartiromo, oh boy, wait till you see what the unredacted stuff says. If they interviewed him in February, Mifsud, why? Why didn't they arrest him, Joe? If this guy's the key and he's a Russian asset and he's the key to the entire case about pushing information from the Russians to the Trump team, why has he not been seen again? What happened in that FBI interview? What did he tell them? Where's the 302? Is anybody asking this question? This is devastating stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah, listen to the liberals who listen to the show. Every anyone's free to listen. It's a free show. Knock yourselves out. Great. But to the ones that email me, I am absolutely confident that this was a, this was a Trump was framed. A hundred percent. When it comes out that it was a setup, are you ever going to take a bath on this? This was a setup. If Mifsud was a Russian asset, Mueller would have probably had this guy indicted already. The guy's indicted Russian troll farms, everyone else. Why hasn't he indicted Mifsud? Matter of fact, we haven't even heard from Mifsud again. Is there some kind of a wink and a nod agreement between the Bureau and people who are at the CIA that, hey, we got to cover our butts on this. We were running an op in the UK. We don't want anyone to know about it. This is serious stuff, folks. This isn't a joke. Man. All right, I got some sound for you. Uh, moving on to a different thing. This is hysterical. I mean, it, tragically hysterical. I mean, but it, it really just speaks to the, after we've done the Ocasio-Cortez stuff, uh, the intellectual vacuum the modern liberal lives in. This is a Democrat senator from Hawaii 
who has no idea about how immigration actually works in the country. Hold on, before you play this, Joe, I'm going to set this. I sent this to Joe last night. I saw this on Twitter, and I'm like, this can't be real, right? Is this a setup? No, this is real. Like, you heard the clip, Joe. This is real. We didn't mess with it. This is a Democrat senator from Hawaii who is apparently unaware that entering the United States between ports of entry, you know what a port of entry is, right? A road with an immigration checkpoint, an airport. That's how you get into the United States legally. You cannot... I can't believe we're explaining this on my show. I really can't. I love my audience, and I I really try desperately not to waste your time. Oh, by the way, I get it. Some I got your emails. I know some of you don't like my voice. I listen. I totally respond to this. That's why I got to cut that out. It's just the thing I picked up from Levin. Sometimes it's just almost instinct. So, but I do listen to your feedback. But I don't like wasting your time on the show. But that I have to explain to you that you're not allowed to walk into the United States without being inspected at a port of entry. Some of you are like, did we really just waste a minute on that? I have to say that because apparently a Democrat United States senator is unaware that you can't do that. Joe, play the cut. Mr. Albans, would you send your child to FRCs? Again, I think we're, we're, we're missing the point. These individuals are there because they have broken a law. There has to be a process. They have broken a law only as deemed so by the president with his... No, ma'am. They're, they're there for violation of Title Eight. Of the immigration of the U.S. and Nationality Act, uh, okay, they're eight U.S.C. thirteen twenty-five. That's illegal entry is both a criminal and civil violation. They are in those FRCs pending the outcome of that civil immigration process. They have broken the law. Well, these are mainly my, my understanding is that uh, under the zero tolerance, these are no longer civil civil proceedings, but in fact, were criminal proceedings. They were both. So? They were criminal proceedings when the border patrol prosecuted them. But at the conclusion of that process, once the individual came into ICE custody, they would go through administrative proceedings. I'm confused. Okay. We, so the, 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 the criminal, proce- that- the criminal proceeding is an individual being prosecuted for the criminal violation of improper entry. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> that is real. That is, uh, what is it, Democrat Senator Hirono from Hawaii, <laughs> who is unaware that crossing the border is both a criminal and a civil violation. She doesn't even know. She, it is a misdemeanor the first time you cross the border illegally and without inspection at a port of entry. It is a felony repeatedly when you do it over and over again. She is entirely unaware. This is a, a human being occupying one of the most important political offices in the land who is entirely unaware. I'm confused. Yes, you are confused. Yes, we agree. Ding, ding, ding. We confer. We, we concur. I'm sorry. It reminds me of Leo DiCaprio. We, you concur, doctor? We concur. I confer that we concur. You don't even know. You don't even know. Are you serious? You're not even aware of the fact that crossing the border illegally, that's why they're in a detention facility, because they committed a crime? Oh, my gosh. I know. Joe's like praying right Where's These are the people that are writing laws that are going to deeply impact your life. Your financial holdings, the economics of your future, your future business, your kids' educational opportunities, your kids' money in the future as they bankrupt them and spend and spend and spend. These are the people. She's entirely unaware that entering without inspection is a crime. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, I have another piece of sound for me. I don't usually put sound back to back, but there are two things I saw yesterday. I sent them to Joe back to back. I'm like, check these out. Here's another guy who's just been repeatedly humiliating himself. Um, This guy was a guy who was once taken seriously as a foreign policy guy, a guy by the name of Max Boot, who will now be introduced to the next generation of political activists, these younger kids coming up now exclusively as a comedian. Boot is turned into a frothing, foaming at the mouth anti-Trumper who uh, how he has access to cable television anymore is beyond me, who says the most absurd, ridiculous things. And he basically makes a joke out of himself every time he's on the air. So Max Boot is one of these um, 
neoconservative and wants a war with everyone. He doesn't, he doesn't, there's not a war this guy doesn't like. Keep in mind, Max Boot's not going to fight the war, but Max Boot wants to fight. Max Boot, there no war is a bad war to this guy. So he goes on CNN and he's debating another Russia expert and listen to how Boot just gets absolutely humiliated by this guy in this one minute clip. I have no idea what Mr. Boot is talking about. He wants Trump to threaten Russia. Why would we threaten Russia? You've got two nuclear because superpowers. Because they're attacking us. And Russia, Russia is attacking us, Professor Cohen. Russia is attacking us right now, uh, according could, to Trump's could, own could director I, Russia, of national intelligence. Russia, I've been studying Russia for 45 years. I've lived in Russia and I've lived here. And you've been if consistently was attacking for us, Russia we would 45 years. Russia hasn't it. Excuse me, what did you say to me? I said you've been consistently an apologist that, for Russia please. in those last 45 years. All right, I don't do defamation of people. I do serious analysis of serious national security problems. When people like you call people like me, and not only me, but people more eminent than me, apologists for Russia, because we don't agree with your uh, analysis, you are criminalizing diplomacy and detente, and you are the threat to American national security in the story. Why do you have to defame somebody you don't agree with it? They used to do that in the old Soviet Union. We don't do that here. Well, we used to. But we need to stop it. <laughs> so you fi just finally, uh, Stephen, you're saying Russia was not attacking the United States? I know what you're talking about. That in, during the 2016 election, Russia attacked the United States. Yes, I don't think they attacked the United okay. States. Okay, and yet you're they just never, denied being an apologist for say, Russia. You're apologizing for Russia election, as we speak. But, well, you haven't let me finish. You don't know what I'm going to say. Please, please the go meddling ahead. began, Mr. Cooper. Uh, and the, the meddling began right after the Russian Revolution when Woodrow Wilson sent American troops to fight in the Russian Civil War oh, against please. the Communists. The meddling began on the Soviet and Russian let, let me finish. On the meddling side, when the Communists formed the Communist International, 1919. Ever since then, Moscow's meddled in our politics. We have meddled in theirs. This is low-level stuff, what went on. It is not an attack. It is not 9-11. It is not Pearl Harbor. It is not Russian paratroopers descending on Washington. This kind of hyperbole, an attack on America, suggests we need to attack Russia. So you've got Mr. Boot saying that Trump should threaten Russia. Dude, listen, I don't know this other guy. I've seen him on cable news a couple times. I don't know Max Boot either. I just know that Boot, in his effort, again, this guy used to be taken seriously. Mm. Boot, I, I think I interviewed this guy one time, actually, on WMAL. I'm not really sure. But used to be taken seriously in his effort to, like, oh, we got to own Trump. Got to own Trump. I got to get him back. Is I, I mean, cannot stop with the bellicose rhetoric. And it just reminds me of uh, Nassim Taleb's latest book about skin in the game. Folks, for those of you who've been in, in combat, I... You have my utmost respect. There is no higher degree of respect or uh, or anything. Matter of fact, I can con confer upon you. I, I I really I'm envious of your courage. I was not in the military. It's one of the great regrets of my lifetime. But this is serious stuff. We're talking about putting American men and women in foreign lands to potentially lose their lives to fight in life or death, literally life or death combat. It's not going to be boot doing it. It's academics and, and anti-Trump maniacs like boot who have got us into some of these entirely unnecessary foreign incursions that have resulted in absolutely no benefit to the United States whatsoever. You know, Talib writes in his book about, the old Spartan motto, right, about war, that you'll come back, uh, you know, with your shield or on it. These were people, the Spartans, with actual skin in the game. It was their fathers, their sons that fought in these combat, with, with, in these, in these combat operations. With your shield or on it meant uh, don't come back a coward. If you come back with your shield, that means you, 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 uh, you fought. Because if you were going to flee, you wouldn't flee with your shield. It's too heavy. You would just dump your shield and run, right? So if you came back with your shield, it was assumed you fought honorably. If you came back on it, that means you'd perished in the fight and you died somewhat heroically. Tala brings that up in his book to talk about skin in the game. Boot has no skin in the game. Boot has none. 
If Boot incites another foreign war with a nuclear power on CNN, it's it Boot. Well, how does Boot? Boot's not fighting it. Boot just wants to own someone on CNN. It's just unbelievable the stuff people say on these cable news channels. And again, I don't know the other guy. I'm, you know, I'm certainly no fan of the Russians, and I do agree that the Russians' involvement in our election was entirely unacceptable. But you really want to go to a land war with a nuclear power over this? People are I'm telling you, the guy's nuts. Das Butt. <laughs> das Butt. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, by the way, Das Boot? Yeah. Love That's it. a great movie. Yeah, that was. I used to watch it on WHT. Remember WHT? It was a precursor to HBO. You used to get the box, and you turn the box on, and the sound would come out, and you'd uh, the the sound would come out regardless. And then you turn to the TV channel WHT. Man, it was awesome. All right, filter by today's show also brought to you by filter by. I saw this article last week about how air pollution in national parks is as bad as the top twenty major cities in the U.S. I'm sure the unhinged radical left is going to blame this on Trump. Maybe Putin too. The real reason is because these parks are downwind of air pollution sources like agriculture, industry, major highways, and urban areas. So basically, there's nowhere to run except inside. And we now know that indoor air quality is often worse than the air outside. This is why I go to filterby.com and keep a fresh set of filters in my home central air system. Love FilterBuy. FilterBuy is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses with over 600 sizes that ship for free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. I recommend you set up auto delivery so you don't forget to regularly switch up your filters like I do. Plus, they knock 5% off the order when you sign up. Save time, save money, breathe better with our friends at FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you. We love FilterBuy.com. You guys are great. Okay. Um, I want to get to something now, and I'm going to, uh, due to some time constraints, I'm going to have to carry it over until the next show. But it is another interesting topic. So the manafort Mueller thing has taken an interesting turn here. There have been a number of referrals in the prosecution, Bob Mueller's special counsel, uh, his prosecution. There have been a number of interesting turns that have happened over the last couple of days. And CNN.com, of all places, um, is reporting that there have been referrals to the Southern District in New York from the Mueller team of two very important people. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you probably know the working hypothesis I've been working with on the Mueller probe that the entire purpose of the Mueller probe right now is to keep the attention on the Trump team. Although there is no collusion, keep on the attention on the Trump team as long as they can to distract people from misdeeds at the DOJ and FBI and all of the stuff that happened in the Clinton years. Now, I read a fascinating little article at CNN.com yesterday saying that um, Bob Mueller's team has referred, meaning he is not going to prosecute Joe, but he's seen some stuff that's interesting and he's just going to refer it out to the Southern District of New York, United States Attorney's Office, and let's just see what they're going to do with it. Folks, I guarantee guarantee you this stuff is going to go into the dustbin of history to never be seen again what were the referrals one of them was greg craig greg craig remember the names remember the names where's the name greg craig from so bob Mueller comes across something at a law firm that Manafort had had some business dealings with and some of his partners in that law firm is a lawyer who works there by the name of Greg Craig, who Manafort, uh, Mueller, I think we can acknowledge, sees something suspicious. But instead of prosecuting Greg Craig, he goes after Manafort and refers Greg Craig to the liberal Southern District in New York in Manhattan. Oh, you guys, wink and a nod, may want to take a look at this. Who was Greg Craig? Oh, he was Obama's White House lawyer. Oh, crazy. Crazy how that works out, isn't it? How about that? Isn't that insane? So he comes across something interesting. They probably can't hide because they've got professional investigators that work for the Department of Justice, Joe. Comes across something he sees suspicious. And again, this is CNN reporting, not mine. About Greg Craig, enough that they can refer it, but he doesn't hold the case himself like he did against Manafort. Remember, 
This guy's, uh, Mueller's uh, main mandate is to go after collusion in our election. He has yet to provide any connection whatsoever to Manafort, Trump, and Russian collusion. None. But he holds the Manafort case because he can use Manafort as a weapon against Trump. But when it comes to an Obama-connected person, Greg, Craig, all of a sudden, hey, we're going to sweep that out. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. See ya. On tomorrow's show, don't miss it because it's going to take a little while. I want to talk about some other players who occupied that space, Obama's White House counsel, after Greg Craig, and why the sweeping of the Greg Craig case, uh, Greg Craig case, like a tongue twister, into the Southern District is significant because someone else got swept there too. Oh, CNN's reporting the Podesta group too. Oh, oh, the Podesta's connected to the Clinton. Isn't that crazy? There's always, always another wrinkle with this thing. Also, I want to talk about um, some of the potential reasons that Manafort is not taking a plea. It's interesting, too. I want to give you my perspective. All right. Thanks again, folks, for picking up the book. If you haven't done it yet, please, uh, I'm, I'm uh, asking you as a favor. I try not to ask too much of the audience. Uh, but the book's available on Amazon. It's called Spygate. The attempted sabotage of Donald uh, Trump. Go check it out on Amazon. Uh, we're 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 ripping up the charts right now, thanks to you, and uh, I really appreciate that. So thanks a lot. All right, folks, I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud, and follow Dan on Twitter twenty four seven at dbongino.